to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Betts all the way through the Cheltenham Festival 2021 and we are nearly done. Of course this is the uh, the final podcast of the week. It's Friday, we've seen the Gold Cup and uh, Manella Indo beat Aplutard with Album oh. Photo back in third. It was a wonderful, wonderful race. Uh, fantastic for Jack Kennedy. Henry de Bromhead with a 1-2 Album Photo out on his sword in third. It's myself Dean Ryan of course and Dermot Nolan is here. Hi Dean, I'm 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 absolutely sick because as listeners to this podcast, I've got two messages through on Twitter saying that people had just like me, like I had an anti post on them as I said last week that I had an anti post on them that I couldn't cash out, so I was happy to kind of sit with that. But but you would have cashed it out probably. I would have cashed it out, <laughs> and I was just sat there because even this morning, Dean, like a part of me is okay with it because I, I like I sat there this morning going, but I back him like you know, as I was on about this horse for a good two years, like I napped him last year, like. And um, I just said no. Those those last two runs were just were just very hard to follow up on, and Mellon let the form down. And then obviously that that's uh, that Savile Chase is actually very very strong form, and um, I won't des- desert him again. I don't think. Yeah, but you kind of missed the wedding now. Yeah, yeah, it was just an unbelievable. I just like I was watching Album for the first half of the race, and you were just very comfortable. You know, like even when he. He made a mistake or two like he always did. But then my older brother put up and said, Album photo is choking away. And I said, yeah, but look at Jack Kennedy of Nelindo. He just traveled and jumped unbelievably the, did. the whole way. Yeah. Henry de Bromhead has delivered his horses to perfection all week. Like, Yep. Hard to argue with that. And as have all the Irish trainers, because we've just had a, a, just a bloodbath. If you were following English horses this week, and I did, uh, in plenty of occasions, uh, you needed you needed to play the without markets. That's my story of the Cheltenham Festival, really. Just take out the the big Irish guns and try and find out what's going to finish yeah. second or third. Did you see Venetia Williams on Instagram? I thought it was very good. She put up the picture of um, of Cloudy Glen f- finishing second yesterday, a forty to one, and said, uh, <laughs> "Cloudy Glen, the winner of the English division of the Kim Weir." <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's a two division job. I, I like if they want an extra day at the Cheltenham Festival, let's just have a day just for English horses. It's like the Arab races, is it? <laughs> well, I th- I, do you know? I think that'd be great interest in it. I mean, you can imagine you know, an English this... person of some of these races. You have to go down to like fifth and sixth place to find who won the English divisions in lots of these races. This is kind of like though, like um, last season when Man United were really terrible and i hate man united but i remember at one point going they're so bad now i actually feel sorry for them and it's kind of the same way with england obviously i don't hate the uk thank god but i just mean as in like all the years of me following racing dean and you know a noble prince won the jlt 11 years ago and there was such a big buzz about an irish winner and now it's just like like 21 4 is just crazy isn't it yeah and uh, as we record this, three races to go. <laughs> I don't fancy much hope of the Brits winning there. <laughs> well, maybe they might nick one. I can't see them nicking too many of these. No, no. Um, do you know what it's like, right? It's like Irish trainers, yeah, they set out their stall at the start of the year to win, the, say, the Premier League, right? And English trainers now are just going to have to start focusing on the top four. And that's 
that's pretty much what it's become. If you want to use the football analogy, English trainers are training teams like Tottenham and Everton and you know stuff like that. I think Whereas it's more deep. I the think the handicappers need to sit down with each other, the Irish and English handicappers, because I think whilst the Irish horses are getting put up seven pounds, um, the English handicappers are starting on way too high a mark. So by yeah. the time they're reaching 140, 150, they're not actually at that level at all. Like, you know, like the horses up north, when you look at their marks, um, I just kind of went through it there before a race. And there's horses there running off 101, 102, who'd be running in Ireland off 80. You know, like yeah. it's it's yeah. it's the, the ceiling is way too high. We had a chat about waiting patiently before because I love that horse. But, you know, he beat an aging cue card and they put him up to 170 because they didn't bring cue card down. And that's, you know, that's separate because they're not running in handicaps. But it's still an issue in the UK. There's so much racing and they're putting way too much value on every race over in the UK. So I think particularly the handicap hurdlers, they're, they're just, there's no hope for them. Like, absolutely no hope. Like, that county hurdle there, Milkwood ran a screamer. But still, he was swallowed by an Irish Sea nearly. You know, like yeah. like all these yeah. horses are just, they're just, like our horses are just far far better handicapped, which is just crazy altogether. Like. I agree. I agree. And uh, I think it's a, a, a sign of, of things to come. I mean, this is a record for Irish wins at the Cheltenham Festival, and it could still get higher yet. And um, next year, I think it'd be much, much more of the same to come. Let's have a quick chat about that Gold Cup, though, because it was a fascinating riding contest between... Um, well, Albion Photo was was in the mix, but Jack Kennedy and, and Rachel Blackmore uh, going at it, and of course Rachel could have ridden either horse. Um, it was it was just a, a, a fascinating way the race panned out. When I thought Townend came to to take a bit of Rachel's ground on Apluta, and then Rachel had to come out wide and then take a bit of Paul's ground, and it was just it was fantastic tactical riding, wasn't it? It was absolutely brilliant. Um, Paul Townend has has been coming at the worst with uh, with Rachel, but that's not on Paul. Sure. That's just. Rachel Blackmore um, tactically is just astounding. Um, she just doesn't miss a trick in any race at all. Um, I thought Jack Kennedy benefited from the fact that uh, Rachel Blackmore and Paul Townend were were watching each other. Um, mm. I kind of thought there's there's been a few races like this in the past where they they all kind of watch each other. But um, obviously Rachel got off Manelindo. She obviously respected his chances, but it, it was hard to know how much that he was truly back. I think Jack just got to ride his own race and Jack Kennedy has proven all week over fences. Like we'll move on to kind of some of his rides this week. I know Rachel Blackmore will take all the plaudits, but Jack Kennedy's four winners. I'm not sure there's another jockey who, who could have delivered them like that. Um, mm. He's just, he's riding out of his absolute skin. He's, we, we were all bemoaning the fact that we lost Garrity, we lost Walsh and like David Russell looks like he's kind of circling the, the drain a small bit um, in terms of his, his professional life, thank God. Um, but sure, the, um, sure, sure. we now have Townend, uh, Jack Kennedy, and Rachel Blackmore, who look as good as anyone did. Oh, for sure, for sure. And um, you know, there was a great win as well for Mark Walsh today. Let's not forget Mark Walsh around any road Vanillier for Gavin Cromwell to go and win that Albert Bartlett and great style. We saw Kevin Sexton pick one up for Peter Fahey with Belfast Banter winning that county. Um, hurdle and and Rachel again on Quilixalos. It was a bit disappointing. Zana here didn't run. I would say anywhere near his his level, and of course the English were second with Adagio seemed to improve. Uh, remember your duffel coat demo did beat yeah. Adagio quite well at some point. See? Yeah, very interested to see him now. He seemed to be in love that day with the ground, and he could have been left behind a small bit. But the way that they went so slow and a kind of a horse that kind of stays like him, he was my first thought after the race that I wonder how close that he could have got. Maybe I thought um, that too for you. Yeah, yeah, because he would have been finishing. With, 
with an absolute wet sail. But look, Dean, it, it's just been, I think, the Challenge Festival, you know, you never get a few in a row ever since we've kind of started this podcasting, we've tended to have good Cheltenhams. Like, like you remember last year with the place pot land and um, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And this year now, it was just a bad week. But forgetting my my pocket for a minute, the stories this week have just been absolutely outstanding, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, one we didn't pick up on yesterday's pod, uh, pod was the shunter. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, explain, explain that one to me. I think I've taken it on every single time this run and it just keeps winning. And if you go back to the time where... Um, it looked like maybe it wasn't putting it all in. I mean, there's some shrewd people behind that horse, but to go and pick the race that they actually picked out of all the entries they had and then put Jordan Gainford on and claim who he's a story of this festival. I think that will, will rumble on um, Jordan Gainford. I mean, he, he delivered a power pack ride on a horse that just gives everything. I mean, that's some story. Unbelievable. And Jordan Gainford's uh, two seconds and a winner from four handicap spins. Um, that's uh phenomenal going for one as uh, as young as him and the shunter yeah to win the, the more battle hurdle like that's paul byrne all out paul byrne's the owner of that horse he's a genius yep. really and to kind of spot that like you know like i've never heard of anyone going for that um so to to spot that to go over hurdles there and then back over fences and to give a young lad like jordan gameford uh, to put maximum faith in him like that as well uh, just absolutely genius and the horse won like he could have won with any of us on him, really. Um, but they just had all all the bases covered. Emma Kennedy is a bit of a genius as well. Um, so just absolutely phenomenal altogether. And just like throughout the week, you know, you had Paul Nolan have his first winner for 11 years. He didn't become a bad trainer overnight. He's on a real renaissance. Speaking of renaissance, you had, you had Brian Cooper. You had the story yeah. of Heaven Help Us, a trainer with... Just two horses. Incredible, like two horses and to send one and actually send it to, to the track every time and, and run so well. Already picked up another race at Cheltenham before that, ran well in the Supreme. Then comes a winner handicap at a huge price. I mean, the, the talent that is on the Irish soil um, for minding and looking after horses is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, like, obviously, we didn't even mention Tiger Roll. Um absolutely phenomenal all yeah it kind of gets lost in the wash with all the story doesn't it i mean the, the big the big thing of course is that tiger just won't go for the grand national but it sounds like they might still run at aintree which would be uh <laughs> which would be right out of the o'leary playbook wouldn't it absolutely brilliant because he wants to uh he wants to prove that the horse isn't rated 164 but the way the tiger all won that day you wouldn't be surprised <laughs> well if the suggestion it. is Suggestion is that they'll go and run in, in something like the bowl there, and uh, if they don't win, then they can say, well, we were right. I mean, that just sounds bizarre. We're going to run it so it doesn't win, so we can tell you how right we were. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going to be uh, be retired anyway, which is great, and um, you know, we'll yeah. see him for a few more years yet. So, no, look, it, it's just been it's been one of those kind of challenge festivals, and kind of the main part of this week as well as just being deep you know we're all kind of struggling at home now especially lockdown's gone on for four months now it's just been been very hard just to have something just to focus on every day just the ultimate distraction so while while Cheltenham last year was being pointed at as a problem and that it was where uh, where the coronavirus began uh, this year it's it's great that it's offered a proper a proper respite to everybody as well you know yeah, I think it has. And um, it, it, like you were talking about stories of the week. It, it is Rachel Blackmore, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah. much of the horses are fantastic. To see a, a female jockey, if she's going to end up top jockey, for sure, there's still a couple of races to go. Um, but she's going to end up top jockey. And just the, the style and manner which she goes about her business and, and 
the way that she, you know, tactically, the clock in her head is something else, but tactically she's also super, super good. And I think she is the, she is the story, the good factor story out of Cheltenham that hopefully resonates for a long time. We've had it with Bryony Frost in the UK, but Rachel is a, is a different level of a jockey. Now, Bryony's very good, but Rachel is a different level and she's delivering in uh, really, really tough races against, you know, her peers. And I mean, she's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Um, and like it's 2015 was when she went professional. Um, and there was some people questioning that. Like I remember being at a talk, I think it was Katie Walsh. We were on Bepright who, who kind of w- wasn't sure if it was the, the right idea at the time. And, you mm. know, she's just, she ended up starting out with uh, Shark Hanlon and Elmarie Holden. And they landed a few touches between them. And all of a sudden you were kind of looking at them going, wow, like, you know, this is, this is class altogether. And then all of a sudden she, she gets the Henry job and she's just taken off and just all week, every ride was just tactical perfection. Um, she's, she's, well, she's hit the deck how many times this week? Four, I think it is. I mean, that's, that's mad. Cause she was, she would have been, she had a great chance. I think it was plan of attack was it was going super, super well in the race with the shunter. Um, you know, like she could have had more winners. She could have easily had more winners, which is just insane to even think that. And, um, because even, that plan of attack, I know the winner was probably going to win anyway, but plan of attack was going very well. Um, mm. And there was a few of them. So, no, she, look, she's she's had a phenomenal week. She's a phenomenal trainer or jockey. And um, we're just we're absolutely blessed to have her around. And just when the sport was clambering for some, uh, some PR positivity, to have a female jockey like this dominating things, that's just absolutely huge. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Gavin Cromwell because another winner for him today and another grade one. Uh, with Vanillier and of course flooring Porter earlier on in the week. I mean, he doesn't have much ammunition, but he only really trains him for grade ones. That's kind of all he does, and he's a he's an amazing target trainer, um, absolutely amazing. And um, I'm praying to God that he gets Gabby Naka home because he's my only my only get out horse now <laughs> left in the week. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Vanillier you was put it past him. Vanillier was brilliant, and Vanillier was. That's a big pointer that that Farouk Delane, who was obviously injured for Cheltenham, could be something very special because Farouk Delane put him away at, at Limerick half mm. half comfortably. Vanillier last time out could be for, could be forgotten because um, he was sick, as was a lot of those the uh, yards horses. So just Gavin Cromwell now. That's Esport Dallin. That's Flooring Porter. That's Vanillier. He targets them so brilliantly, and it's it's scary with Ireland at the moment as you said, because it's not just like other years, you know, Ireland have walked to it, but it's been Gordon Elliott and um, Willie Mullins. Now, Henry de Bromhead has shown that he's not just a kind of a boutique trainer who trains, you know, a small string to do well. He can take big numbers now and they're all flying. And the likes of Gavin Cromwell, you like, if I had an expensive horse, I wouldn't think twice about sending a horse to him. Yeah. After oh, this week, though, I won't sure. have an expensive horse for a while. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Next year. Next year. It's always next year. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been a, fa- a fantastic. Um, well, just it, like you say, the, the the wealth is spread around the Irish trainers, and he is another example of uh, of what can be done. And of course, he's a super farrier, isn't he, for a lot of the big yards anyway? So it's not like he's um, he's probably got insight into what's going on there. Absolutely, and um, he's ah oh, no, he's just he's phenomenal. Esper and Jurors Girl as well back in the day was the one that really kind of broke him through, and he's yep. Yep. he's had a phenomenal season up until the horses got 
that bit sick for a while he was really doing excellently and now he's back again and um yeah he's just a trainer that's that he's just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and and speaking of great stories as well dean you know um one of our listeners john dermody who's been on to us a few times his mayor uh, put the kettle on as well you nearly forget that that's that's back when i was fully sure that i was fully sure at that point that i was on for an absolutely brilliant week but uh she was absolutely top class and john dermody and that family you know to breed that mare and um she was written off for the arkle she was written off in her first run this season because everyone said that uh, Deffy would beat her and then she runs a christmas doesn't like leprosone and comes back to cheltenham again and wins again like absolutely phenomenal and again that story could well be forgotten now in all of this that you know a family of the dermodies from kilkenny breed a mare like this small syndicate small everything and to to go to cheltenham take them all on and win with that mare it's just another brilliant story like yeah it certainly is um and you know we, we we've got to talk about henry de bromhead and probably this is where we will kind of wrap up our little on off the cuff chat about the Cheltenham festival um, and and like what a week he's had i know he got a bit more ammunition than perhaps he thought he'd have for the meeting but um you know him and him and rachel and and honeysuckle yeah just amazing um she's a mare that we have adored since her first novice hurdle um and we tracked her through that year we were on at almighty prices that year for the the mayor's novice and we were heartbroken and we gave up on her once only but even at that we still covered her anti-post beforehand because we kind of were very aware of how special she could be but dean she buried him she absolutely mm. buried him and to show the pace that she's shown this year she's just continued to improve every season i love the kind of fighting talk that uh, peter maloney said that they they might try and emulate uh Don run which would be astounding um if they went down that route but it's just one of those things where you're just kind of you're looking at this amazing mare and i'd say at that point henry de bromhead would have nearly just went right if nothing else goes right for us now this is brilliant and then the owner yeah has um has told me something girl afterwards then who absolutely strolls in as well so like That's right, just, they have another one yeah, <laughs> amazing for them and peter maloney um he puts an awful lot into our game um and for a while there he wasn't getting out maybe what he deserved but my good god does he have some stream of mares and um just honeysuckle she'll she'll go down now as as one of the greats and intriguing to see what they do with her now uh, going forward because i'd probably just kind of go back again the exact same route and try and try and take the old take it all again I think so. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they've got they've got a horse like Bob Ollinger in the yard as well to go forward for next season. I mean, that was one of the performances of the week. And I think it, it, it the, because of the lack of let's say social runners and the you know the the horses that go hoping for a chance, they, they, a lot of them haven't come. You know, the Irish entry was down, even though they've still won everything. Um, and and I would say even the UK contingent, you know, maybe saving them for other opportunities, especially when owners can go racing, because that's a huge part of the Cheltenham Festival. Um, but it, it added to the quality of what we were able to watch, I think, during Cheltenham. I was bemoaning it at the start of the week that, oh, we're only going to get a five-runner affair, we're only going to get a six-runner affair, a seven-runner affair. That's the punting brain in me wanting, you know, more places, more opportunities to find angles. But um, what we actually got was was pure quality at the front end. Absolutely pure 
pure quality and it all started off with appreciated absolutely smashing in shishkin yeah, looking like an absolute else. superstar as well um yeah. like shishkin is a big winner for the uk overall really because you'd have to be very worried now for the uk for the next few years because you know the bumper was dominated by ireland the the mm. three novice hurdles dominated by ireland and um, all the novice chases bar like i know and by Alan Feld, but you know he's he's still the best of the middle distance one. But the the RSA as well, uh, Monkfish who had a horror trip was still the best of them. So the UK have a bit to do to come back now. But just going back to the sizes of the fields, yeah, it didn't detract from absolutely anything. We just had some brilliant performances all week. The the handicaps were still absolutely red hot. Um, and it's just been an amazing week. Um, and we're absolutely blessed because horse racing was on its arse a bit um after gordon elliott and after um the pr kind of hassle last year with the festival so to have the rachel blackmore now spread across the back pages all week she will be again tomorrow now as she's a champion jockey obviously um at the festival and um just all all the pr side of it, we we come out of this year's festival now horse racing in a really good place really really good place we do we do highlight of the week uh demo give it to me uh it's like it, it... For me, it's honeysuckle. If you say anything else, I will be surprised. But you know, financially, maybe it doesn't matter. For me, it's honeysuckle. Um, but just because I've got to know John a small bit, just on Twitter and everything else, uh, put the kettle on doing that, um, and fighting back when she was, you know, she looked like she was going to be swallowed up really, two out, um, for her to to battle back like that as well. So it's been a festival of mares, um, and the uh, two of them I think were were definitely my highlights. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll do it all again uh, next year. It's only, what, 364, 362 days, is it, until the start of the next channel festival or something like that? Something, something pretty incredible like that. Um, I have to say a big thank you to bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Tony Bet for sponsoring us all the way uh, up until the end of the Cheltenham Festival 2021. There is a collector's item uh, just gone in. Porlock Bay has won the, uh, the Hunters, and that's trained in Somerset by Will Biddick. There is hope. For the english contingent that's class too though isn't it because uh, will biddick obviously being the the leading amateur from there so for him to win the fox hunters that's a that's a dream come true i'd say a uh, huge feather in their cap there and uh Lorcan williams on board winning it with a 10 year old and getting the better of an irish hot pot maybe maybe there's hope for the english yet at the cheltenham festival going forward <laughs> listen it's been a pleasure to have your company Stephen cast dave weldon um, uh, across and Paddy Aspel, of course, across uh, the podcast in the run up to this. I hope we pointed some people in the right way now and again. Um, but it's been a terrific Cheltenham festival. Um, we'll, we'll catch up soon. You don't have the winner of the Midlands National, do you, Demo? I most certainly don't, Dean. I'll be, um, I'll be grabbing a bottle of Heineken now this evening and sitting down and, uh, and lamenting my woes. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I, also, I really like for it is Prime Venture, but I think I put it up for every single race it's ever run. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it can go and do the job. Uh, for the for, for the Evan Williams and Isabel Williams team on Saturday. If you get involved, do enjoy. We'll talk to you all soon. You've been listening to the Race Hour, and for now, I'll leave you alone. This episode of the Race Hour was brought to you by Tony Bet, our Cheltenham Festival sponsors for 2021. And whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips, don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk, where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week. The Cheltenham Festival 21 on the Race Hour, brought to you by Tony Beck.